Hello, this is uh, Victoria Vandenberg, and we have uh, a message from our sponsors, uh, Stour, Stour Watches, and they're advertising their Blue Muse watch. Now, normally this watch would cost $299, but if you use the code GG Allen, you can fucking get this watch for $99. It's a Blue Muse watch. It's two-tone, it's it's gold, it's silver, it's got fake diamonds on it. Oh, God, it's so beautiful. It's stainless steel. Uh, and they, they, they've sent me a script, so I need to read the script, I guess. Uh, and this is called A Lady Wears the Blues. Time to celebrate the one who inspires you. She commanded every room she entered. Her voice captured the hearts of millions. It was she who proved you didn't have to be royalty to be a lady. Born into poverty and rising to superstars, super, superstardom, our favorite jazz singer lived life on her own terms and wasn't intimidated by anyone. She sang with the best in the business and was known for wearing white gardenias in her hair. Her voice was light and melodic, floating above the music in a way that many have tried to copy but none have matched. She inspired new ways of singing and taught jazz musicians just what was possible for many. Her voice is the voice of jazz itself. Just as the siren of song has inspired many to go out and do, un do the unthinkable, and she's inspired us to create the Blue Muse Watch. As she was known for her Impressive jazz blues numbers. The blues are where we're starting with a midnight blue watch face, representing Lady Day's tenacity and strength. And this timepiece is crafted of stainless steel. And in a tip of our hat to the white gardenias she wore in her hair, we've encrusted the rose gold finished bezel with 60 sparkling white stones. It's rare that a woman of her charm and spirit will come this way again, and neither will this watch. Now you can own a part of the legends we all know as Lady Day. For the woman who lives life on her own terms, the Stour Blue Muse watch is just a timepiece that won't have you singing the blues. <laughs> yes, that is an advertisement. For the Blue Muse watch by Stour, and it is stunning. And if you're a person of refinement like me who drives a Mitsubishi Mirage, you're going to want a Stour watch that would be $299, but with the code GG Allen, you can get it for $99. And this was inspired by, I don't know, a jazz musician. And these, it's just a good watch. Go buy a watch. I, I bought a Stour uh, a year ago. It lasted six months, but it looked amazing when it was working. So buy a Stour watch. They're our sponsor. Uh, this is the Victoria Vandenberg Show. Biscuits buttered. Uh, here we go. Oh, God. This is... This is Victoria Vandenberg, and um, I've had a bad 
I've had a bad night. I've been assaulted. I've been assaulted. I've been done on all fours. I've been brutally raped in all my holes, every hole I have, even my ears, my eye, eye sockets, everything has been assaulted. My ears, my mouth, my senses, my sensibilities, uh, my thought processes, everything has been assaulted by Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg, I don't know what I went through yesterday. I don't know what I went through. But God damn it, 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 it wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't good. And I feel worse off for having watched it. So I watched this new movie called The Fablemans. And uh, it's, it's um, I don't know what to say about it. I've never, it's been a long time since I watched a movie where I was screaming at the at the movie while it was playing because Steven Spielberg is such a sappy, corny, sappy, melodramatic fucking director. I mean I don't I don't know why he thinks the way he does like okay He's good and he's bad all at the same time. That's the thing that drives me so crazy about this movie is that it's good and it's bad at the same time. There are scenes where you want to run and find Steven Spielberg and punch him in the face. And then there are scenes where you're like, I see what you did there. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Steven Spielberg, you are so bad and so good at the same time. This fucking movie. I don't, I don't even know what to say. I, you know, maybe I'm a little loud today. I don't know. I'm just saying this movie is supposedly inspired by his life. And let's, let's just say this. He hasn't been making the best movies over the past couple of years. And it's because of him. It's because of him. Because every movie he does, I swear to God, people send him a script. Because this is a theme throughout all his movies. And he's like, oh. Well, I don't understand why this character isn't way overreacting to something and just being very melodramatic. It needs to be sappier. There needs to be more drama. I need people getting upset about things. So this movie should be named The Cuckold's Tale. It's named Fableman's Tale, or The Fableman's. But it should be named The Cuckold's Tale. Because the whole movie, and if this was inspired by, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, there's so many questions after watching this movie. <laughs> so if this was inspired by Steven Spielberg's life, are, are you, did you really, Steven Spielberg, did you really just make a movie about your father being a cuckold? That's fucked up, dude. That's really fucked up. And that's one of the main things I'm like, why? Why would you open up this wound and, you know, like, like your dad's forever going to be remembered as a cuckold now because you made, you spent millions of dollars making a movie 
about your father being a cuckold. And the movie wasn't about your father's struggle being a cuckold. The movie was about your struggle with your father and mother. And the struggle that you went through knowing your dad is a cuckold. My brain's exploding right now. Like, why would anyone do this? Look, I came from a little bit of a fucked up, dysfunctional family, too. I wouldn't want to, like, air all this shit out in public. I've done fucked up shit. My family members have done fucked up shit. Uh, it's life. It's called life. <laughs> it's, like, it's just what you, you're going to do fucked up shit throughout your life. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to, why would you make a fucking movie about it? Well, he chose after having a, a long career where he's known as, you know, one of the greatest directors of all time, which I, I just completely disagree with. I, I don't think he is. Um, but a lot of people consider him that, um, why, why don't just to put the cherry on top of my career, I'm going to make a film, about my father being a cuckold and how I struggled with it. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? So there's all these. Where do I begin? Um, I've got PTSD from watching this film. <laughs> I've got bruises. So this fucking this fucking movie. So he, you know, so they have, um, what was his name? Seth Rogen in it. And he's the guy that's cuckolding Paul Dano. And it, the son finds out that, because, you know, he's like a filmmaker. He's like, you know, taking family photos of his, you know, taking videos of his family. And when he's like cutting the, the, the film, you know, to edit it, uh, he just realizes, oh, my mom's looking at looking at Seth Rogen like he's and look Seth Rogen when he wants to be can be kind of appealing just the Victoria's putting that out there every once in a while he'd be looking good all right so um, if you look at him in the right angle <laughs> okay so He's cutting the film. He's fucking sitting there. And this is the thing that blows my mind. Everything is so dramatic in this movie. So he's cutting the film and he's realized like, oh, my mom is is staring into Seth Rogen's eyes. Oh, oh my God. Oh, she's cheating on my father. Oh my God. And you know, he's all dramatic about it. So he starts being an asshole. Uh, he starts being an asshole to his mom, right? And she's like, you know, he's an asshole to her for like a month. And uh, and by the way, these scenes are long and drawn out when he's doing this melodramatic shit, like where he's cutting the film. And like, I mean, it's like a 10 minute scene of him cutting the film and just rewinding the film and looking at Seth Rogen and this lady looking at each other and like, oh my God, I don't know why anybody would even be upset about their parent 
fuck, I mean, I, I don't think I would be. I mean, I honestly don't. I'd be like, oh, well, I, it, it happens. It's just life. Okay, well, anyway. So, he's mad. He's mad at his mom. They fucking... They fucking... She, he's a dick to her for like a month. And she's like, I'm tired of this. You stop being a dick to me. And, you know, they run in a room together. And they start just... And it's like this fucking really dramatic scene over his mom being a slut and wanting Seth Rogen's dick. And instead of, like, this is the thing that drives Victoria, I smoked three packs of Virginia Slims while watching this movie. I drank a whole bottle of wine while watching this movie because I had to do something to take my mind off of how fucking annoying Steven Spielberg is as a director. So they can't just say stuff. They can't just use their words and use dialogue to say stuff to each other like normal human beings. (laughs) You know, that's the thing that drives me crazy about these movies is they don't, they, they'll sit there like Steven Spielberg loves to like be subtle with stuff and he loves to find ways to, say stuff without actually saying it in the dialogue and it fucking drives me crazy because it's so not the way people communicate and it's so it's like they're NPCs it's like they're it's like they're um, like AI generated dialogue that's the way it feels at times you know and so it's so they're fighting and they're telling each other they're loving each other and he points in his closet I'm not joking I'm not this was a fucking scene in a major movie in America. He points to his closet. He hands his mother a film roll. A film roll. Hands her a film roll. And she is like, oh, oh, you want me to see your film? Oh. Oh, maybe this will reveal why you're so mad at me. <laughs> Fuck you, Steven Spielberg. Fuck you, Steven Spielberg. And so she, she fucking clutches the film roll. <laughs> she clutches the film roll. And this bitch walks into the closet. And puts it in the projector. And watches a film reel of her staring into the eyes of Seth Rogen. And she's like, oh my God. And she's like crying. Oh my God. My son knows. My son knows that I fuck Seth Rogen. And she goes out and she's like, I didn't mean it to go that far. And... And, you know, there's just this huge melodramatic scene, and it's like, what the fuck? Why do you film things this way? Why do you write, Why do you get people to write stuff like this, Steven Spielberg? Every movie you write is so horrible. God damn. I mean, if they would, like, just let Steven Spielberg come in and control, like, the, um, I don't know, just come in, uh, the storyboard, the cinematography, the shots, you know, um, just directing everything on sets, but not having any control over the scripts 
or anything like that. Cause the oh, the fucking dialogue is so fucking horrible. Well, anyway, this fucking kid. So this whole movie is just about him dealing with his dad being a cuckold, Paul Dano, and uh, also about being a Jew. So his name's Fableman, but everyone at school's like, "Hey, Bagelman! Hey, how are you doing, Bagelman?" <laughs> it's like, oh my god, did you really get bullied this much for being Jewish? Because no one cared. Look, I'm from Alabama. Um, we don't have a whole lot of Jewish people. Every once in a while we see uh, a Jewish person. Uh, but I don't think anybody, I don't think you would get made fun of for being a Jew in school. I mean, I, we, you know, ever, ever, you know, when I was young, I don't think we had any Jews. Well, maybe that's why, maybe that's why I don't think people were made fun of in school. Uh, for being Jewish, because I don't think we had any Jews. I don't think we had any Jews at all. Now that I look back on it, we had a Catholic, and he was quite popular. Even Catholics are like exotic in Alabama, even though we have lots now. Now that we have a you know a a bigger Latino community now, but um you know, but when I was younger, when we didn't have Latinos here, um you know, even being a Catholic was kind of like exotic. <laughs> It's like, oh, you go to those like big, nice, fancy churches where people dress up in like robes and shit. <laughs> That's what I thought when I was a kid. They're the classy Christians, the Catholics. That's literally what I thought because you know I went to you know a small church Christ and which was horrible. Which we can talk about that on another podcast. I don't want to get into that shit. That I could spend hours talking about my. Church of Christ upbringing. <laughs> anyway, this Jew, this fucking Jew, was bullied in California, and uh, they'd call him Bagelman. They'd beat him up. You know, have you ever seen like the South Park where it's like Stan Darsh? You know, they got the bullies that come around. That's kind of how it was. Like just stereotypical bully in a movie. Like I'm gonna beat you up, you fucking Jew. You killed Jesus. Because they literally told him it killed you. That's too smart for kids. Like kids, no one pays attention in church, do they? They probably don't even know. They probably don't even know that the Jews killed Jesus. I don't know. But I, I don't remember us ever talking about religion when I was young in school. So when they got older, they definitely started talking about religion. Anyway, he meets this Christian girl, and she's all into that Jewish, that big Hebrew cock. So she she's into him, and and uh, there is a really funny scene in this movie. And I know, I'm assuming Seth Rogen had something to do with this, because this was too fucking funny for Steven Spielberg. So he meets this Christian girl, and they're really into each other, you know. And um, so she's like, hey, will you come in my room and pray with me? And uh, she literally starts going, you've got to ask Jesus Christ to enter you. And she keeps repeating it over and over. Beg the Holy Spirit to come into me. Oh, beg the Spirit to enter me. And she was getting him to, 
to uh, say it over and over, beg the Spirit to come into me, come into me, Holy Spirit, come into me, Jesus Christ. And then she starts going, open your mouth, open your mouth, let the Holy Spirit come into you. <laughs> and I just thought that that was fucking hilarious. So there is, there is two good things about this movie. There's that scene where they're begging the Holy Spirit to come into them. And um, there is... Um, there's a scene at the end that I will talk about here in the minute that is very good. Very good. So, you know, she, you know, her and Paul Dano try to stay together, uh, him and his mom. So even though she turns Paul Dano into a cuckold, they try to stay together for the family, for the good of the family. But then she realizes that she just needs to get back to Seth Rogen. But she doesn't say, hey, I'm going to go back and I'm going to get with Seth Rogen. No. No, she doesn't do that. She doesn't do that. What does she, she say? Because it's a fucking Steven Spielberg movie. She says, well, I just miss Phoenix. I want to go back to Phoenix. <laughs> oh my God. I just fucking need Phoenix so bad. <laughs> and the whole, and you just picture Victoria. I'm sitting in my, um, uh, my very comfortable big lots recliner that's uh, tearing up because it's cheap furniture. And I'm screaming at my TV. I'm screaming at my beautiful Roku 75 inch TV. I'm like, God damn it. Why won't you just say it? Say it aloud. You want to go back to Phoenix and you want to fuck Seth Rogen. But no, they don't want to say that out loud. Fuck. So, it's just, it's so fucking annoying. It's so fucking annoying the way Steven Spielberg, because these movies could be really, like the way he captured the movie, like he, he just, he knows how to like make something look like it's in the 50s or 60s or 70s. I mean, he's so good at certain things. So good. I mean, I cannot deny him on some of these things. But then I just, I just don't know like, the reason I blame him for the dialogue and the scripts is because there's like a consistency to his movies. This has been something I've noticed 20 years ago, that there's just this kind of blandness, watered downness. They try to make everything very subtle and that's good. You can do subtle and make it good and not say things out loud, but the way he does it is so horrible and bland. Well, anyway, if you want to, Watch uh, Seagull Scat Porn. Watch The Fableman's Tale. All right? So, toward the end, at the climax of the movie, um, there is uh, Seagull Scat Porn. And you're probably like, huh? What are you talking about, Victoria? Well, what I'm talking about is there is like a scene where we're watching seagulls at the beach shit into people's mouths. That is literally what's happening in the movie. And we get a, a lot, a dose of that. Just like huge amounts of like, it's like two girls, one cup, only it's seagulls dumping into like teenagers' mouths. Like that white shit that they shit. And um, so if, if, if you're into that, you know, if that's your kink, <laughs> you know, I'm, look, no judgment here from Victoria. No judgment. And actually, I think that's what I think that's what um, 
I think that's what Steven Spielberg's into. I swear to God, this house that I'm in is haunted. I will be in here recording a podcast and I can literally hear shit walking around in the hallway. But there's nothing there. It's just an old, creaky house. Well, anyway, I ain't done with this. I ain't done with this movie. (laughs) So there's another sappy scene in this fucking movie. And so, you know, uh, this kid is like, oh, man, I'm going to quit filmmaking, man. Fuck, I've been emailing all these people, man. Nobody's contacting me back, man. And so he has this fucking sappy ass scene with fucking Paul Dano. And, you know, after his mom and dad break up and he's in his dad's apartment and he's like, man, I don't like college, man. I don't want to go to college, man. They keep sending out all this shit, man, to these people, man. And no one, no one contacts me back. And, you know, of course, Paul Dano has the fucking, Paul Dano has the mail in his hands, right? Because you just, Paul Dano has the mail in his hands and he's arguing with his son. And then, of course, they have a sappy scene where they're crying and comforting each other. No, you do what you want to do. You just do what you want to do. If you want to go make movies, go make movies. And he's like, well, I might as well quit because nobody's nobody's uh, contacting me. Nobody's writing back. And, of course, one of the letters is from a TV studio. He opens it up. He's like, whoa, it's a fucking TV studio wanting me to come work on Hogan's Heroes. What the fuck? So he's all excited. He finally gets his break. I don't know why. One thing, another thing about this movie. Why did Steven Spielberg focus on like his childhood? Like, because I thought I think it would be much more interesting seeing something where it's like his early years of directing, because that was like you know the golden years. You know, I'd rather have seen because you know he had a time in his career where he really was making high quality stuff. But now I just find everything he does so melodramatic, bland, and boring, and like it was. AI-generated shit, you know. Well, anyway, the end scene, this is what I'll tell you to do. This is what I'll tell you to do with this movie. Um, Just fast forward to the him and that girl in the room praying for Jesus to come in their mouth Um, because that's funny as shit. Uh... Fast forward to this scene at the end. Because you don't want to see, unless you want to see the seagull scat porn. But fast forward to this ending. Because this ending is what, this this was the cherry on top of the movie. And I actually lost my fucking mind. I lost my fucking mind because I was like, well, here goes Steven Spielberg doing something really fucking cool. So, he goes in to talk to the people at the Hogan's Heroes. He goes in, and he talks to this guy, and he's like, this guy's like, how would you like to meet the greatest director that ever lived? And he's like, yeah, sure, I don't, yeah, okay, yeah, I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to meet any director, right? So he fucking 
goes over into this office and he's like, hey, I don't know where he is right now. You just stay right here. And he's in, sitting in this office with this fat secretary. And she's like, well, you could be sitting here for hours to meet this asshole. And he's like, well, he didn't even know who he was meeting. And, you know, he's looking around at the posters. He's like, holy fuck. I think I know who this is. And then, three hours later, a rugged man bursts through the door, smoking a cigar, fucking looking like he just came off of set in fucking Monument Valley somewhere. And that man is John Ford. So she tells him, you go in there, you got five minutes with this guy. If you're lucky, you'll, if you're lucky, you'll survive a minute. And this is the one part of the movie I, I loved. So he walks in. It's David Lynch, the director, David Lynch, Blue Velvet, Dune, so many, Twin Peaks, so many fucking great movies. So I mean, just an amazing fucking director. Fucking love this guy. And I, I wish he would be in more movies. And he did a fucking, I want, I want David Lynch to win an award for this fucking one minute role. <laughs> so he's smoking a cigar. He's like, what do you fucking want, kid? He's like, I just want a chance to. Make movies. Oh, you want to make movies, kid? Ah, he takes a drag off of his fucking cigar. It's like, what do you fucking know about art, kid? Well, I don't know. I, you know, I'm, I just want to make movies. I just want to make movies. John Ford, as played by David Lynch, points at a painting on the wall. It's like, what do you fucking know about art? Tell me about that painting right there. And the kid's like, it's, uh, I don't know, it's like horses and some men on horses. And he's like, fuck you, kid. You don't know shit. Where's the horizon? He's like, right up here at the top. Exactly. That's where the fucking horizon is. Go over this other picture. Tell me about this fucking picture. And he's like, uh, this one's again of just like, you know, the desert, some horses. He's like, where's the fucking horizon? So it's at the top. David Lynch looks at him. David Lynch as John Ford. And he says, the horizon needs to be at the top or the bottom. It makes the picture interesting. Fuck you. Get the fuck out of my office, kid. And that's, the end of the movie, right there. David Lynch, looking like he's about to kill over, smoking a cigar, yelling at this fucking Jew. <laughs> I think he called him a Jew. He said, Jew, get out of here. And it was beautiful. That was the best part of the movie. So I hope that I took your hand and I walked you through the Fablemans. And they, I should have said spoilers at the first of it <laughs> because there's a lot of spoilers. But you should know on the Victoria Vandenberg show, Biscuits Buttered, there's going to be spoilers. And that was such a fucking experience of a movie because I fucking hated the movie. 
I fucking hated the movie. But in a way, it's kind of one of those movies that it has good scenes, but it's like it, it's mostly bad and drags. But then it has these really good scenes, and it's just a torture of a movie that you will scream at the fucking screen all night long. Throw your fucking popcorn at it. Spielberg, just stop it. Just leave us alone. Stop fucking making movies. God damn it. All right, so I think I've spent enough time on that movie because, uh, god damn, I spent 28 minutes talking about this shitty movie. Oh, yeah, one more thing. Um, fucking Jude Hirsch is in this movie, the guy from Taxi Driver. And I didn't even know this fucking guy was still alive, and he's he's got a pretty good role in it. Um, he shows up, and he's like a Jewish, uh, like carny worker or something. And you know, he gives the child a speech, like, "Hey, don't you follow your dreams, kid? I'm gonna pinch your cheeks." All right, so uh, yeah, he's 87. Goddamn, he's old. He looked very healthy in the movie. Very healthy. Looks like he's doing good. All right. So, I heard a term today. Let, let's just say I was on a, a certain app. <laughs> and I was looking at somebody's profile. And I just wanted to share this app with you. Or excuse me, this app, this uh, definition. Where was it? It's on Urban Dictionary. So, I'd never heard of this. Has anyone ever heard of the sexual term gainer? Gainer? G-A-I-N-E-R? G-A-I-N-E-R, gainer, a person who, usually due to sexual stimulation he or she obtains from it, intentionally gains weight. Man, Bill must be a gainer. He put on 20 pounds in the last month. What the fuck? Like, I've never heard, like, how could having sex make you gain weight? But, and there's a guy, there was someone, I'm not going to say a guy, Y'all don't need to know about my personal life and the things I do. Uh, that'll be a whole nother podcast. Look, someone was saying they're into this. A person who usually due to sexual stimulation, he or she obtains from it, intentionally gains weight. I don't even know how you would, like, you would have to just take someone's work for it, I guess. I don't know. You'd have to like fuck them and then wait around for them to gain the weight to get the, cause there's someone that I seen that was looking for this. And I'm like, huh? I don't, I don't know. It just, it just struck me as odd. I've never heard of it. Um, I'm just going to go through all kinds of weird shit that I have in my tabs on my phone now. Uh, but I do have other stuff that I want to talk about. I'll eventually get to it. Um, so, and I don't even know how to pronounce this, but there's this band called R-O-Y-K-S-O-P-P, Rock Soap. Is that how you say it? Rock Soap? I don't know, but they're good. It, it slaps. Y'all need to look at the, this band. I think they're from Europe or something. Probably Iceland. Rock Soap. Fucking this shit is hot. And I forget the song that I particularly really enjoyed. I don't know if I'd played on here. I don't want them taking it off. Let's see here. No, I can't find it. All right. Putting that out of the... So, 
I'm going to pull up something. Because so, we've got Alabama news. we got breaking Alabama news. Um, with Tump, uh, let me bring this up. With Tump, uh, cat. Okay, so. This is the most fucked up story from Alabama that I can give you. Because I, you know, I know a lot of y'all are listening, especially overseas. I like to listen to um, find out how fucked up um, Alabama is. This is how fucked up Alabama is. <laughs> uh, so, okay. There was an 85-year-old woman and a 61-year-old woman in Wetumpka, Alabama, um, who uh, enjoyed feeding cats, okay? Uh, Apparently, they were feeding these cats, and it was, you know, they were told not to do it. So basically, they were going and feeding these cats, And they were told not to fucking do it by the police. So the police, and we're, we're just going to have to go on a long rant about the police too, because this is just something I've dealt with my whole life. The police love to control you. That's kind of what they do. It's kind of what their job is. And they love to, they get off on like, hey, you're going to do what I say. And if you don't, you're going to fucking get punished. <laughs> you know, that's what they love to do. So there's two old ladies. They're feeding fucking cats in Wetumpka, Alabama. And they keep telling these two old ladies, hey, don't feed these fucking cats. Don't feed them. Do not feed the cats. So there's a feral cats out in the middle of nowhere. Well, the police got pissed off because they're like, these bitches need to know that we're in charge. Cause, Cause I can just see how this, you know, I've been pulled over countless time by police. And I mean, they really get their rocks off from being able to talk down to people and being able to like put people in their place and be in control. And, um, you know, people just ain't going to deal with it anymore. Uh, you know, I'm sorry if you're, if there's a police officer listening here in the United States, we're not going to put up with this shit anymore. We have cameras. We we can tell the story. You're, you're gonna you're gonna get in trouble now if you do this shit. Because I've had, and we'll get into it. I've had experiences with police where it was just completely out of line. So they go to a judge and they get a fucking warrant for the arrest of these two old ladies that are feeding cats, and they fucking they actually go and arrest these two old ladies and there's a video online you can look it up just type in Wetumpka cats uh and they you know this lady's like well what are you pulling me over for officer what are you pulling me over for he's like well we told you not to feed those cats oh officer (laughs) why are there so many police around there's like four police officers behind my car you surely you couldn't be having this many people for for an old cat lady feeding cats? And he's like, the fuck I can't. Get out of the car, bitch. I'm going to arrest you. Put your hands behind your back. And then he fucking cuffs her and throws her in the fucking back. And these old ladies fucking have a court trial. This, the, 
This shit goes to court. This is insanity. This shit goes to court. It's not thrown out of court because the judges get off on power too. And that's another thing. That's the reason they became judges. They love being able to be like, hey, you're going to do what I say. I've got the power. I'm a judge. So these poor ladies go before the judge and they're like, oh, well, I'm here in court and uh, I was just feeding some cats. And the judge's like, I told you not to feed the cats. And they're like, well, I mean, it's just... It's just some kitties. I'm just feeding some kitties. I'm an old lady. I don't have much. I'm lonely. My my grandkids won't visit me. And I, all I have are these cats to feed. Ooh, and the judge is like, you do what I say. Guilty. And he sends, he's like, put put this old cat lady, these two old cat ladies in jumpsuits and send them to prison. So now these ladies are going to have to go to jail overfeeding some fucking cats and I mean I just I can't believe I just cannot believe some of this shit you know it, it's uh, and I've seen a lot of this I used to be uh, I don't want to say what I was but I, I used to be sort of a public official and um, I've seen people go to jail for not paying debts and not paying court fees and I've seen people who have no ability to pay their fees of the court or pay things and, and never would because they're like lower functioning or they're, you know, severely disabled. And the court's just like, fuck you, you're going to jail. We're just going to throw you in the fucking jail. And it's, it's like, but, but the person can't work. <laughs> the person like, what the fuck? But anyway, that's just my opinion. And, you know, I've had lots of pullovers with police where, you know, I was pulled over and killed in Alabama once, and the police officer basically just cussed me out. I mean, just fucking just let me have it, just laid into me and cussed me out. And um, I remember just sitting there thinking like, damn, this dude's like, this dude's like seriously just laying into me. And, and uh, he um, fucking gave me a warning And let me go. But still, I was like, I don't think I should be talked to like this. And now that's why it, in America, you're going to need to have a dash cam. Like I'm talking about, you're going to need to have a dash cam facing the back. You're going to need to have a dash cam facing the front. And you're going to need to have dash cams that can record on both sides of your window. Because police now, they love to go to that right side of your vehicle too. And, you know, if I was you, I'd have that dash cam facing right over there. I'd have your fucking... I don't know if I would advise you to like hold up your phone because they'll be like, go on and shoot you. <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, it's fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy. So, uh, that's America now. And, uh, I'm, I'm currently, the reason I'm kind of stammering right now is cause I'm trying to pull up this fucking, um, website. Let's see here. Well, anyway, I, 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 I'm sorry. I apologize. I, I'm stammering right now. But uh, I'm trying to find the website for something that I wanted to talk about today. Um, let me pause this for a second and actually find it. Okay, I'm back. Well, anyway, 
to finish off what I was talking about with the police, uh, you know, I've, I've been pulled over. I've had cops that, you know, when I lived in lower Alabama, they would like come and like bang on my door and like demand to come in and shit like that. And I just wouldn't answer the door. I mean, I would literally just sit in the house and be like, I'm going to be quiet. Maybe they'll go away. And they eventually would because they can't do nothing. You know, they can't kick down your door. They have to have a warrant. Uh, and, you know, I've had just horrible experiences with police over the years just treating me like shit. I've even had, like, in my town, the police will literally, literally post stuff on their Facebook, like political stuff. And I'll get on there and kind of mess with them, like, hey, you know, like, you're posting all this, like, very political stuff, and it, it looks like you're a Republican police department, which is kind of fucked up. You know? <laughs> like, like, you know, you're not supposed to be taking sides on all this. But anyway, society is breaking down. Everything's fucked up. We're arresting old cat ladies. It's not good. But on to something that's even fucking better and funnier. So, okay. This, this is the best right here. Donald J. Trump, which I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't like to insert him into the podcast. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to apologize beforehand. Okay. But this is so fucking funny. Go to, so basically he's selling digital cards. He's selling digital cards on his website. Uh, he's already sold them out actually. And I don't know who the suckers are. That So for $100, you can go buy um, a digital trading card with President Trump. And if you haven't seen the video on his website for this shit, it is so... Just go to collecttrumpcards.com and click the video because it is fucking hilarious and I'm about to play it for you because it's just the best... It's so funny. It's like Tim and Eric filmed a commercial for this. And maybe it'll, maybe you can hear it on here because I, I don't, I'm not good with technology. Just bear with me. All right, maybe it'll play. Maybe it'll play. Donald J. Trump, trading cards. Hello, everyone. This is Donald Trump, hopefully your favorite president of all time, better than Lincoln. Better than Washington, with an important announcement to make. I'm doing my first official Donald J. Trump NFT collection right here and right now. They're called Trump Digital Trading Cards. These cards feature some of the really incredible artwork pertaining to my life and my career. It's been very exciting. You can collect your Trump Digital Cards just like a baseball card or other collectibles. Here's one of the best parts. Each card comes with an automatic chance to win amazing prizes like dinner with me. I don't know if that's an amazing prize, but it's what we have. Or golf with you and a group of your friends at one of my beautiful golf courses, and they are beautiful. I'm also doing Zoom calls, a one-on-one -on -one meeting, autographing memorabilia, and so much more. We're doing a lot. My official Trump digital trading cards are $99, which doesn't sound like very much for what you're getting. Buy one and you will join a very exclusive community. It's my community. And I think it's something you're going to like and you're going to like it a lot. They also make 
perfect gifts. So you can buy them with your credit card or crypto. All you need is an email address. Go to collecttrumpcards.com and buy your Trump digital trading cards right now before they are all gone and they will be gone. This is my first official Trump trading card NFT collection and you get a chance to meet me. Go to collecttrumpcards.com right now and remember Christmas is coming and this makes a great Christmas gift. No purchase necessary for your activity. All right, so if you, that sound at the end, that sound at the end is fucking laser beams, fucking laser beams coming out of Donald Trump's eyes. That's how fucking insane this commercial is. It's just like, and he's like fucking laser beams coming out and he's like, buy my NFTs. And he's like, I'm better, I'm better than Lincoln. I'm better than Washington. Like, first off, Washington actually helped establish the fucking name. No one can be better than Washington. And then Lincoln freed the slaves and actually kept the union together. So without those two human beings, we would be like a completely different place if we didn't have those human beings. Like, this would be like the United States of Britain or so I, I don't know I don't know you know and then if the Civil War had not if the Civil War had not been resolved by Abraham Lincoln uh, you know I, I don't know maybe it would be two different countries I don't know um, which I, I wouldn't want to find out you know I, I you know the South's already shitty no telling how shitty it would be <laughs> if they would have separated Um but yeah, so that commercial is fucking bonkers. And I mean, the first time I seen that commercial, I was in my car and I was crying laughing. It's so funny because I swear to God, Tim Heidegger, Eric Wareheim wrote that commercial for you. I don't know if it's true, but I'm going to assume because it was something straight out of the Tim and Eric show. That's how fucking good it is. Fucking laser beams out of his eyes. How does it get any better than that? It's fucking amazing. All right, I'm going to have to take a break because uh, for some reason, he, I know you're like every week you're listening to this podcast and you're like, why is it like, you know, 45 minutes into the podcast? Uh, he's always like, it's hot. I got to turn off the heater. Well, I don't know. I just I forget to turn it off. So I'm going to pause for a second. All right, I'm back. I fucking got the heat off, and I'm ready to roll. Victoria is ready to roll. So we do have um, a sponsor, uh, Yeti Coolers. Yeti fucking Coolers is our sponsor. Uh, have you ever wanted, like, if you uh, if you have a beverage, if you have a cold beverage, well, look, no, not a cold beverage. No, no, no. Yeti Coolers. If you have a beverage, right, and let's say you've just bought it at the store, right? Let's say you have uh, whatever shit you drink here in America, you fucking... The people that buy it... Look, I know this is our ad, okay? People in America, they drink bad beer. They drink like coolers a lot, shit like that. So let's just, let's just say, guy, now this is our sponsor, Yeti. Let's just say, guy, that you've went to the store and you've bought your coolers light, your fucking horse piss. Actually, horse piss would taste better. And it's it's hot. It's a hot Coors Light. Well, guess what? With a Yeti cooler, you can put the Coors Light in the cooler 
and it um, doesn't get cool. What you need to do, you put the drink in the, the cooler and you put, then you go buy ice and uh, you put the ice over the hot drink and it will eventually get cold. Yeti coolers, it cools. It gets stuff cold if you put ice. You got to put some ice on the drinks in the cooler. Yeti cooler. You could buy an Ozark Trail cooler. Why would you do that? You're not going to look cool with an Ozark Trail cooler. You could buy any kind of cooler, a cheap-ass cooler. I mean, all it's going to be doing is cooling drinks. But no, you got to look cool. Are you the kind of douchebag that, like, listens to country music? You know, like, are you that type of person? Do you, do you listen to, like, whatever it is, Scrags and y Yub, Yubby? You know, like, do you listen to fucking, um, what's that guy that's in the news lately? Well, fucking country people. I don't know. People who listen to country, you're like a Yeti cooler. And guess what? When you're listening to your shitty country music, you can put the fucking Cooler's Light or whatever shitty beer you're listening to driving in your lifted truck, and you can fucking put the drink in there. Then you go to the ice machine and put the fucking... Uh, why, why buy a refrigerator? Why buy a refrigerator? Because a Yeti cooler costs just as much as a, a refrigerator. But that's not fun because, you know, the refrigerator, you put the drink in the refrigerator and it refrigerates and gets cold and there's no work. But you shouldn't do that because you've got your lifted F-150 pickup, lift on the front, lowered in the back, uh, and you're going to look so fucking cool when you put your Yeti cooler in the back, put some beer in it, put some ice on it, and then you and your boys can sit out in the Walmart parking lot and fucking pull coolers lights out there and go, yeah, I'm fucking, oh, we're listening to Morgan Wallen or whatever the fuck it is in the Walmart parking lot in Coleman <laughs> with my Yeti cooler. Doesn't that make it sound fun? Now, that's our sponsor, Yeti. It cools if you put ice in it. So go out and buy you a Yeti cooler. Listen to Morgan Wallen. Knock up some random bitch in fucking Mississippi. And uh, leave her because she wants child support. All right, Yeti coolers. Uh, it leads to child support. All right, so what else were we going to talk about today? Um, <clears throat> we wanted to talk about another movie that I watched. Now, this movie is called... Bones and All. Bones and All. And it's by the guy who did Call Me By Your Name. Uh, and his name is Luca Guerrero. That, that's his name, Luca Guerrero. And he did um, Call Me By Your Name, which um, is a very, very sad movie. So if you ever watch that, just be prepared. It's not sad at first, you know. It, it kind of creeps up on you and then like you're, you're crying. I mean, that's, that's literally how the movie goes. You're, uh, call me by your name. You're like watching it. You know, it's kind of like this flirty relationship thing. And then like the end is like fucking devastating. And you're, it turn look, it, it, it makes Victoria cry. Okay. I can't watch the movie cause it kills me. All right. So, uh, and I don't normally cry in movies, but I did in that one. Uh, that, that one really, uh, fucked with me. I was drunk. So, you know, Okay, so bones and all, and I was drunk while watching this too. Um, so <clears throat> it's got Timothy Chalamet, and that's the only reason I watched it. 
Uh, so here's the description on Google. Love blossoms between a young woman on the margins of society and a disenfranchised drifter as they embark on a 3,000-mile odyssey through the back roads of America. However, despite the best efforts, all roads lead back to their terrifying pasts and a final stand that will determine whether their love can survive their differences. So basically, uh, and what's this girl's name? Uh, Taylor Russell. I don't, I don't know if I've seen her. It's got uh, Timothy Chalamet, Taylor Russell, Mark Rylance. And, you know, Mark Rylance is always fucking awesome. Uh, Chloe Savigny. Oh, my God. I, I didn't even realize that was her. I didn't realize that was her. Michael Stolberg. He's always really good. So, okay. I love Chloe Savigny. Um, okay. There, there used to be a show where Chloe Savigny played like a transgender person and they like gave her a prosthetic dick and all that. it was kind of cool good show well, anyway forgot what it's called so anyway this girl taylor russell she uh has a father who is kind of hiding the fact that she uh has to have blood and human flesh every once in a while she just has to have it it's just something she needs in her life so she goes and, you know, apparently she bites a girl's finger off at school. And, you know, well, not at school. I don't know why I said that. She's at this girl's house and they're like, you know, just having the girls not out, you know, just, you know, sitting around giggling. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, I need flesh. Oh, and she starts fucking eating this person. Um, and the dad's like, okay, I can't keep moving. I, I got to drop you, honey. So he just fucking gives her some cash and leaves her to make her own way. Well, she meets Mark Rylance, who's like this really crazy guy who has the hunger too. He has the hunger. And he, um, you know, talks to her, I could smell you a mile away. And this is, this is the voice he's doing. I could smell you a mile away. And I just came down here to meet you, little girl. <laughs> it's like a creepy pedo, you know, type guy. And, um, so, you know, she leaves him, you know, he kind of teaches her a little bit, but she's got this hunger. And then she meets Timothy Chalamet and they go around feeding each other, you know, killing people, fucking, you know, all this stuff. And this movie, one thing I'll say about this movie, there's parts of this movie that you're like, fuck yeah, this is really good. And then like, but most of it drags, like a lot of the movie drags. I don't really feel like there was very good chemistry with Taylor Russell and Timothy Chalamet. Um, but there are really fucked up parts of this movie. And that's why I would say still watch it because it drags in certain spots, but then there's like these really amazing scenes. And like when Taylor Russell meets her mom in the, in the middle, well, I'm, spoilers again, um, uh, meets her mom, Chloe Savigny. Uh, her mom's like really, it's like a very fucked up scene. Her mom's, let's just say, not doing good. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, Mark, Mark Rylance, he ends up being the bad guy. And uh, let's just say he keeps popping back up in the movie. And they have to deal with him. But it's a good movie. It has really fucked up scenes if you like vampire stuff. I guess this is a vampire movie. It never says it's a vampire movie. And I'm not sure if they're just drinking blood or whether they're, I think they're just drinking blood, but some people eat the flesh and Mark Rylance collects little mementos, you know, cause he's like a fucking serial killer, <laughs> you know, cause at the first of the movie, you really don't, you really don't, um, understand 
if he's a good guy or a bad guy. But there are hints, like, because he collects little trinkets. But um, anyway, it's a good movie. There's lots of fuck. If you like fucked up shit, watch Bones and All. That's all I got to say about that. All right, we got we got some news. We got some news, and we have to uh, cover it. Um, scientists have achieved fusion energy. They have achieved fusion energy, and guess what? Guess what? The fucking first thing I hear from liberals is from my liberal friends. The first fucking thing I hear, and that's me ripping up something. Um, if you hear that in the background. Uh, the first fucking thing I hear from my liberal friends is, uh, oh, we don't need to focus on that. We just need to uh, fucking put solar panels and wind power, and we need to rip down all the hydroelectric plants because they're bad for the fish, and we just need to do what I say. Let's do what I say. We don't even need that fusion power. It's it's just not good. It's going to destroy the earth. It's not, they don't know what they're doing. and it, it, It's, it's going to be bad. <laughs> It's like, fuck, dude. Fuck. I don't know why I'm saying dude, because this was a woman that said it. Uh, what What are you talking about? What are you talking about? They're, they are, scientists came out and like, hey, we found a way to generate like unending clean energy. Clean energy that has no waste, <laughs> you know, like clean energy where like, like this is like, this is like another, this is like a whole nother, other level of like when the history books are written, this is like, you know, you talk about like different eras, like, you know, in human history, you know, like the industrial revolution, you know, the enlightenment, this is going to be its own era. The fusion era, because we were able to generate unlimited energy from fucking laser beams, because that's what it sounded like how they're doing it. Fucking laser beams. There's no waste. There's no meltdowns like with nuclear power. Uh, instead of like break, I'm not a scientist. Instead of breaking down shit, they're just building shit. Like they're putting laser beams together, and it fucking makes this unlimited. Uh, power. I'm basically Neil deGrasse Tyson. Okay? I'm basically Carl Sagan. They fucking use some laser beams. They laser beam the laser beams together to form a big laser beam and it generated more power than they put in. And supposedly, not 10 years from now, but maybe 30 years from now, we'll have like maybe a fucking power plant or a fucking test plant. I don't know. That's the way it sounded to me. Um, here's the thing I don't understand is you have all these private companies like jumping on it. And this is the one thing that really drives me crazy about my country is, you know, we, we spent all this money on this research. We actually made it happen. We've got fusion energy. Now the proper response to them accomplishing fusion energy would be Biden coming out and saying, hey, we're going to pass a bill. We're going to have a fucking Manhattan project for fusion energy. We're going to get this done right now. 
we're going to fucking have a Manhattan Project. We're going to spend like a trillion dollars and we're going to get a fucking plan up and running in the next decade. That would be the proper fucking response. Right? But that's not what happened. Hey, we achieved this great, great fucking thing in the lab. And uh, it's fucking great. I mean, like, you know, like 50 years from now, we might have a fu- we might have a test plant 50 years from now for this. And it's like, no, no, we need it now. We need it now. It's like, fucking make the fusion plant now. We need a Manhattan Project for fusion energy. Fucking stop putting shit off. What the fuck? I mean, I, I just don't understand it. Cause, so you have this... So you not only have like the liberals like, oh my God, we can't do anything that's not that's not solar panels and wind power and just stuff we want to do. And, you know, it has to be all what we say. Nothing, nothing, nothing else. And it's, it's just like, you know, like wind power can generate a lot of energy. Solar panels can generate a lot of energy. But you're going to need other sources of power, right? Like, fuck. They don't even like hydroelectric now because of fish. It is bad for the fish. It's like, fuck you. It's like, so we're in this situation where we have this thing where we have climate change. It's real. And we have one side that's like, climate change ain't real. You have these fucking drooling fucking idiots on the right. You're like, climate change ain't real. And then you have liberals going, and we can only deal with climate change this way. It's like, fuck both of you. We need a Manhattan Project for fusion, and we need, for now, we need to have, like, nuclear plants, for now, uh, to go clean energy, to go carbon neutral, because carbon's the problem. That's what the fucking problem is. We can find a place to put all this nuclear waste. It doesn't even create much nuclear waste, and they know how to build these plants now. So, anyway, it just, it's so, and then you have, like, the, the response from, like, Anyone in the establishment government. Oh, that's really good. Let's see how private industry can pick those bones. <laughs> Let's not just have the government speed this shit up. Because first off, this, this research wouldn't even have happened without the government. But see, the government does this thing now where they're like, we'll give you some money. We'll let this private company go over here and, you know, um, do this and research it. And we'll, we'll just give you the money to do it. And then, like, they'll actually make a breakthrough, and then it's like, well, why not speed it up? Well, anyway, Victoria is going to move on from that. I just wanted to bitch about that. Um, there is a movie I watched the other day called Reno 911. It's a wonderful heist. So they've been making all these great movies lately. Um, the Reno, I think they've made like two movies in the past couple of years. Reno 911 used to be a great television show and they made Reno 911. It's a wonderful heist, funny movie. Go watch it. Uh, it's fucking great. Uh, I fucking laughed all the way through it. Almost. There's some really funny scenes. There's some really, really funny scenes. <laughs> um, God, I'm getting hot again. I swear I turned off the fucking heat, but now it's like really hot in here. Well, anyway, I watched another movie. Apparently, there are Scorsese movies that I haven't watched. And I watched this one last week. It's called After Hours. 
And let me pull this up on my phone. Where's my phone at? So there's Scorsese movies. I tried to watch The King of Comedy, but I don't know. There's something about the character that Robert De Niro does that I cannot stand in that movie. So I just had to, it's just like the most annoying character that I just cannot deal with. So let me pull this up on my phone after hours. All right. No, not the weekend after hours. I'm talking about the film. We all love the weekend, right? All right. So after hours, the movie, this was made in 1985 by Martin Scorsese. When I heard that there was a Scorsese movie that I have not seen yet, I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to watch this movie. So uh, the main guy is played by Griffin Dunn, I guess, or Paul, I don't know. Griffin Dunn, yeah. And he's just like a guy, and he's just running around trying to get laid in late-night New York. And I was told to watch this movie, and it's got a really good rating. I wasn't too into this movie. This movie was kind of, to me, it was... I don't know. I, I, I didn't really care for it. I mean, there are scenes that are really cool. It's not a bad movie, but it's not like, oh man, that was great. I need to tell all my friends about it. And there are scenes that are really cool, but to me, the dialogue was bad. Everything seemed kind of just bad. It seemed like somebody stayed up one night with, you know, snorting coke in the 80s and wrote a script and sent it to Scorsese. And Scorsese was like, I love New York. I'm going to make this movie because it's based in New York. And that's basically what happened. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Watch it if you want. Watch it. I could do without it. So, um, this is Victoria Vonberg. Um, I am about to sign off for the week. Uh, I hope you all uh, have a happy holiday. So, I'm celebrating Kwanzaa this year. Uh, Because I don't know if a lot of you know this, uh, I'm an African-American, ginger, uh, transgender woman. Um, And I'm celebrating Kwanzaa. We're going to have some uh, chitlins and uh, some collard greens. And uh, we're we're just going to have a, you know, we're going to get out in the backyard and grill out and have some ribs. And it's going to be a great Kwanzaa. And I hope you have a great Kwanzaa too. And I will see you next week. Please listen every week. I know I hadn't been attending to the uh, social media websites. We're on Twitter, Biscuit, Bisque Butt Pod, B-I-S-C-P-O-D. Or excuse me. Look, see, I'm fucked up in the head today. I am fucked because it's like 100 degrees in here. B-I-S-C-B-U-T-T-P-O-D. Bisque Butt Pod. All right. That's what I am on Twitter. Look me up on Facebook. I've got a profile. Uh, biscuits buttered. Uh, look me up on there. Uh, I have someone the other day that poked me. I hadn't checked the Facebook since then. Uh, some Latino gentleman poked me on Facebook the other day. I poked him back. Uh, I was very aroused when I did so. Um, and you know, we're also on Podvine and you could also email me. I hadn't checked the email either. So I, Victoria has been slacking. I just want to thank, uh, Belgium. You always listening? The person up in Virginia, the person up in Ohio, person in California, that, who are my constant strong listeners. Uh, I want to thank you all. I want to thank you all overseas. Um, please hit me up. Get on get on the social media and hit me up. Uh, 
Have a happy holidays from me. Thank you. Victoria Vandenberg signing out.